Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a historic, historic moment in, in podcast history. Welcome to episode one of AbbaCast, the AbbaCast discussion and analyzing podcast where we go through the entire discography of Norwegian supergroup ABBA. Joining me is my co-host. We have special special, um, episodes for when uh, Mamma Mia movies come out. Yeah, that Mamma Mia 2 is our Star Wars, basically. So I'm Bjorn Mason, and joining me is Bjorn Cody. Bjorn? Is that... (laughs) That's just how you differentiate. That's how you become. So let's start at number one, uh, the formation of the group. And is it, their is debut it self-titled, single, right? Is it their self- of course. Their debut single, Ring Ring. I mean, hmm. has a greater sound ever been made? I don't think so. But here's what we're going to do. We'll play the entire track for our audience. Um, then we'll do our acapella them... version. Yes. And then... Uh... <laughs> And then we'll play it with, uh, with those hand claps, you know? Those, like, little bells <laughs> you put on your hands. And yeah, yeah. We'll decide which one's the best. But Waterloo! Waterloo's going to be a peak episode. That's the peak episode. That's yeah. like, when we realize we like need I to love, stop. I love Mamma Mia. Don't get me wrong. I love Dancing Queen. I Dancing love Knowing Queen's Me, Knowing You. Fernando's awesome, too. I love Voulez Vu. Take a chance on me. Oh. Like, but they're all great. Waterloo is a pop song about Napoleon Bonaparte and, like, his military career. How awesome is that? That's just... Somebody wrote a pop song about a fucking 17th century French general. Like, it's the best. Oh, man. The gift that keeps on giving is ABBA. Sure is. Sure is. Uh, So, fun episode today. This is a Mason and Cody episode, so... It's we're just turning on the microphone and talking. There's no well, there's structure, but you know, it's just going to be us making obscure historical references and lamenting the military-industrial complex. Whatever, big, no biggie. Let Mason know on Twitter that we'd like a hangout episode of the podcast without any structure, just to see what happens. Hey, we got some spots in the schedule. I I wouldn't mind that. I you shoot it down every time. Well, because we got because you guys are like. Hey, let's do a hangout episode. It's like, well, the post is out, so maybe we should talk about the post. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Like April, April's got... dead. April's hashtag dead. So we probably we could probably fit it in there because I'm I'm interested right. in a hangout episode because I we could get to some really really weird sexual places with that. Um, and that sounds like fun. I I think so. Uh, all right, <laughs> but before we before we eventually work our way up to the hangout episode, um. <laughs> Where Josh and I played this game when he and I did an episode earlier, and I I took I lifted the idea from the dating game or the newlywed game. Um, that might be the same thing. Come to think of it, but take a swig of water. Um, but the idea, the general idea, is how well do you know your podcast host? Yikes! How closely have you been paying attention, and how well do you think you know my taste, and how well do I think I know yours? So how this is going to work is we're going to bring three movies. Or three pairs of movies at the table each, and we're going to tell each other which one we think we like. The other person likes more. So, I'm going to go first. Just oh, as should I have to do something? Huh? You could just well, you can just pick two movies that you like or two movies that you dislike, and just one. Obviously, ones you know you have to 
you have to know where you stand on them, I guess. But yeah, yeah. That's a pretty quick assertion <laughs> to me. So, Cody, I'm going to throw a couple of recent uh, releases at you. One animated, one uh, horror comedy. So, Cody, do I like Zootopia or It more? You like uh, Zootopia more. Yes, I do. I do like Zootopia. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Because you hate racism. <laughs> I do hate racism. No, I, my only problem is it with it. It's like it's it's a horror movie that isn't very scary, but I'm kind of comparing it against the Conjuring, yeah. and those might be like the some of the best. You got your nostalgia ever. too, and I know you don't like nostalgia movies. I don't mind that one because it so. wasn't like. They didn't shove nostalgia down your throat. Like, yeah, they had Batman on a marquee, but they're not like it's not like Stranger Things where they're just stopping down for ten minutes and being like, "Oh, remember this?" You know. No, I really Here's the exact it. shot from uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that just right. that annoys me. It it had a good balance. It just wasn't scary enough for me, but apparently it was for you, which is fine. Uh, go ahead, throw some movies at me. Okay, did I like – boy, oh, boy. I don't even know the answer to some of these questions. <laughs> um, did I like Warcraft or Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, Shadows more? Oh, my God. I know we – I remember our talk about Ninja Turtles, and we just crapped on it, and Josh was just like, oh, it's fun. You and I were like, No. It's not that doesn't make it good. Yeah. Uh, Warcraft, though, I know Josh thought it was okay. He thought it was fine. Like, he thought it was, like, legitimately good. I thought it was kind of bad, but somewhat enjoyable. But I don't remember where you sat on it. You're not a really, you're not too much of a weird. Yeah, this is, this is really uh, hard for you because I'm very neutral about a lot of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which one do you like more? I... I don't see you hating Warcraft more than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I'm going to say you like Warcraft more. You're right. Okay. Thank goodness. God, that was a mess. <laughs> ben Foster was good in it because he's just a good villain. Ben Foster is good in anything. He's a good villain on autopilot, but like, oh, that movie. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so I'm going to go to my one-star page of Letterboxd and oh, find some yeah. movies that I absolutely hate. Or think are awful. <laughs> so this one actually might be tough, but I'm going to throw it out. Here are, here are two critically acclaimed movies that most people love that I hate. What do I like more, Cody? Gravity or Goodwill Hunting? Oh, dear. Um, boy, have we talked about these movies? How do you not like Goodwill Hunting? I just, I really don't. Ooh, this is, uh, this is gonna. Right, I don't want to get into a yelling match here. Um, I'm gonna say, <clears throat> you like Gravity less because Gravity is a shitty movie. Yes, you're absolutely right. I, hate, yeah, I hate Gravity. Oh my, God. that movie is so bad. <laughs> Maybe I'm projecting my dislike of like I'm just gonna carry my dislike of Prisoner Prisoner of Azkaban with every Quaron movie. Maybe that's the case. I don't know, but <laughs> Gravity like no, it was... it's a legitimately it's just a bad bad movie because it's just boring and she's not good in it. Yeah, and it's, and it's all just... about the special effects. I don't know. I 
I get that like most people see like a few movies, like maybe a dozen movies a year max, and like not everybody's gonna pick up on the symbolism and stuff. But for me, I was just like, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Like the shot of her just like right in your space. face. She's like curled up with in a the ball. umbilical cord, and yeah, get it? It's the womb. Ugh. Like I heard, she's somebody... being reborn. I heard somebody speculate like, <laughs> what if you know it. it... On surface level, it sounds, like, kind of stupid, but, like, what if she was actually dead after George Clooney showed up for the second time, after he died? Like, what if she died there, and that this, the entire whatever half of the movie, or third, was her, like, coming to the afterlife or something like that? And I thought that was kind of interesting, but I don't know. It doesn't make me want to revisit the movie. No, I've never wanted to watch that movie again. Yeah, Good Will Hunting... I just hate the, I just hate Will Hunting. I hate his character so much, and it's just so obnoxiously Boston. <laughs> and I just for Does the he life remind me, you of yourself too much. No, no, what? No. Get it because he's kind of an asshole. I'm not in that. Okay, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's just I, the guy's got this huge, like, really incredible gift, and he's just like, yeah, don't tell me what to do. It's like, no, you can. Yeah, boss. Yeah, you can literally save lives. Just stop being a dick. And I love Robin, but oh man, that was a little heavy-handed. For the life of me, I just want—I wish Ben Affleck would stop making movies and set in Boston. It just needs to stop. His last well, one was abysmal. Boston. I know, but like, there's other places. There's other stories to tell. Branch out, Ben. What was his last movie about Boston? It was Live by Night. He played like a bootlegger. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that one. I saw it, and I was just like, wow, this is so I thought that took place in New York. No. It was was like Boston, and then they went to Florida, which coincidentally is the exact thing that happens in the town, (laughs) is they start in Boston, and they go to Florida. It's like, okay. I I think he can do a lot more than just Boston crime movies, but that's just me. Uh, Okay, cool. Why don't you go ahead? I'm going to give you two Neil Blomkamp movies. Hopefully. Um, do you, do I like Chappie, Chappie or Elysium more? I know you like Chappie. For some reason. I haven't really – I only I also, saw like 10 I minutes of it. I also liked Elysium too, so. Okay. Well, that was I wasn't sure about Elysium, but now I do. Um, hmm. Both have Charlotte Copley, so I can't use that <laughs> to differentiate them. Uh, he's God, though, so. <laughs> uh, he's see. so good. Free Fire. It's amazing. Amazing. Uh, let's see. Hmm. You've been your neutral on Matt Damon, I think. You haven't really talked much about him. You know, just for the Charles, for the scene alone where Charlotte Copley's face explodes, I'm going to say you like Elysium. Nah, it's, ah. I like Chappie more. Wow, first one to miss. Okay, I think Chappie is a legitimately good movie. Right. I really, really like it. Okay, I don't I'm, know why. I seen it. it might be enjoyable, bad for me. I don't know. Like it, uh, you like the. The, those guys, those people. No, I hate those guys. They're the worst part of the movie. Okay, but I like the idea behind Chappie. I like the idea behind Chappie more than I like the actual movie. Oh, okay. I think there's a better movie there, and I think I don't know what was possessing. What's his face? 
Yeah. The director, Neil Blomkamp. I don't know what was going on there. You know, just looking back, that kind of ended Dev Patel's streak of being the being the dark skinned guy the who nerdy explains guy. everything. Yeah. And like it was the only and thing I'd seen him a in good was, actor. Yeah, the only thing I'd seen him in was the newsroom and like one other thing maybe. And I was like, is this just this you haven't guy's seen, career? You haven't seen Slumdog Millionaire? No, I haven't. I I've decided oh, not to because it beat Dark Knight at the at the Academy well, Awards. Uh, sorry, Chief. Um, that's your next movie homework. If it's my pick, you keep saying you which get it like is a million. Well, Josh needs to do his first. I know. Now I know how frustrating that must have been for you guys. <laughs> yeah, dude, have to tell though. What's he got? He had a great 2016. <laughs> this year he has a movie called Hotel Mumbai coming out. It's a oh, yikes. You think that's the sequel to a Hotel Rwanda? I hope so. Spiritual, at the very least. Distributed by the Weinstein Company. Awesome. Oh, no. Uh, Army Hammer's in it. Jason Isaacs is in it from Harry Potter. Coming to you from the Jason director. Jason Isaacs is... Uh, Lucius Malfoy. Malfoy's dad. Yeah. Or the main bad guy from uh, The Patriot. Yes. It is okay. true. He is. Okay. Have you seen that movie with Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger? Yeah. No, I haven't. Yikes! Oh my god! <clears throat> I want to. I. What's... It's about the American Revolution, right? Yeah, it's one of five that. movies made about that. It's, com- it's way wildly inaccurate, but <laughs> we need our um our George Washington movie soon. He's not in that movie. Oh. I, know, I would watch that. Yeah. yeah, the Steve Jobs, George Washington movie. Snyder is apparently working on it. Who knows if he'll actually get to make it or not? But I'm psyched. I want to be. I'm, I'm there for a George Washington movie. I would watch right. it. Dead, Dead Patel hasn't really doesn't have any projects coming up except for Hotel Mumbai. Personal history. So of I wonder if that means it's going to be really good or not. I just think he's biding good, his time. He makes really good movies most of the time. That's true. All right, well, we missed our first one. That's too bad. I missed it. Sorry. So you're winning, technically, because this is now a game. Just decided. Uh, no, let's no. see. I'm looking in my five stars. So five stars mainly for favorite movies. I'm going to bump it down to four and a halfs to see, to pick a couple good ones out. So these are movies that I love, Cody. I love these Love. Movies. Okay, here's an interesting one. Uh... A movie came out just a few years ago that I made you watch for movie homework. Actually, this is your upcoming movie homework, so maybe we can preview that conversation. Oh boy! Do I like about? (coughs) Do I like about time? Or you've got mail for more. You've got mail is the Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. And who's the other? Who's the woman in that? Meg Ryan. That's okay. Oh, I think you like about time more. I actually do like you've got mail a little bit more. Really? Just a tiny, tiny smidge more. Just it, it's the Hanks factor. Uh, like I okay, love that. That's fair. I love both movies. Tom Hanks is your Donald Gleason. He so. is. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> Uh, I know. I'm just I'm down for the Hanks and just the New York aspect of it and the books and the, all that cool stuff. I just I fell in love with that movie. 
But I love I love in about time. It's why I recommend it to you. And I have a feeling you loved it even more. Huh, I wonder what gave off that. I can't wait to talk about that movie. I kind of want to watch it again, honestly. <laughs> I I would gladly all watch right. that again. Uh, all right, last round. You're How do you do one. it? How do you uh, filter your movies by uh, star? Oh, uh, you go films and then ratings, which is on the little, it's in green next to everything. And then you go over to rating and then it there's a drop down where it lists all your ratings. Films. I don't see rating. I'm on the app. Oh, okay. I'm on desktop, so. All right, let's get. Oh, let's get serious. Okay, do I like? Let's do some Adam Driver movies, huh? Ooh. Do I like Patterson? Okay. Or Inside Lewin Davis? Is he in that movie? Yes. Or Inside Lewin Davis more. Uh, let's see. I've only seen Inside Lewin Davis. I know you like, you obviously love both these movies. The question is, do you prefer Patterson because it is all Adam Driver, or Inside Lewin Davis, which has some Adam Driver? I'm going to go inside Lewin Davis. The combination of some Adam Driver, some Oscar Isaac, the cat, and folk music, I think that's more up your alley. Well, you seem to forget that the cat died in that movie. You don't, you don't um, know that. I like, I like Patterson more. Wow, I suck I, at this game. I don't know you at all. Who are you? Patterson is an amazing movie. Right. Like, it's a dumb premise, you know? It's, it's just this guy walking around, but... Adam Driver is so good in this movie. So is uh, his wife. Mm. Not his real life wife, but the person who plays his wife. I don't know her name. But I don't know. It made me feel things for some reason. I'm sorry that we weren't. No, you you figured me out pretty easily. I did not because I suck. Uh, His wife, I just, <laughs> I, I just looked it up and just to know. And now... I'm looking at her name. She's an unknown. She's like... Golshifte Farahani? Golshifte Something Farahani. like that. I want to say... I just want to see if I can say that out loud. And I think I've failed at it. Yikes. Oh, well. Well, I've, I've been mean to check that out. I thought... I feel like it's I would enjoy that. Oh, okay. I think you would, too. Yeah. All right. I'm down for anything Adam Driver. He is one of the best out there right now. The that best? is for sure. One of the best. Is he better than Dom Hall Gleason? Uh, yeah. Why did you make me do this? Uh. <laughs> I want to see those two in a dramatic movie together. Oof, yeah. Speaking of... That would be... Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Uh, he's in uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote coming out later this year, apparently. Yes, Terry I've Gilliam. heard of that. Uh, he's also in an untitled Noah Baumbach project. Who's that? The, the, he, one second. He is the director of The Squid and the Whale, Greenberg, Francis Ha, Mistress America, and The Meyerowitz Stories. 
Oh boy. He's very indie. I've only I've heard bad things about the Meyerowitz stories. I did not like it. Everybody else seemed to, but I kind of hated it. It was it it kind of gave me Death of a Salesman uh PTSD cuz I don't know if you know Oh, and you don't like that movie. The Death of a Salesman with John Malkovich and Dustin Hoffman is like one of my five least favorite movies ever. I hate it so much. I hate that story. I hate uh, I everything about it. Can't stand. But He's in this Noah Baumbach project with Scarlett Johansson, Laura Dern, Merritt Weaver, and Greta Gerwig. So she's an actress in it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I wonder if she. You think she's gonna do direct more movies? Is she gonna? Oh, like, I'd imagine. What do I want her to direct? Ladybird too. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. A Ladybird every like five six years. That'd be fun. God, that would suck. Why? Only I would like to actually. I'd really like to watch her pretentious college years, because you know she'd be like, "I'm going." She she'd start going to school for a STEM uh, program, but she would end up doing something stupid like, uh, I don't know, become an artist or. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I probably just shit on somebody's aspirations. I mean, and... if they're, it sounds like they might deserve it. Uh, he drivers also in Black Klansman, a Spike Lee movie. Uh, Wait, produced did you say Black Klansman. Yeah, so I think it's a oh it's boy, a feature length adaptation of the Chappelle skit. I hope. Uh, better. Produced by Jason Blum and Jordan Peele, so hmm, that might be cool. Uh, Black Klansman follows an African American detective in Colorado Springs, Colorado who infiltrates a local chapter of the Ku Klux Klan and eventually becomes the head of the chapter. Oh, so it's literally... It's but li- how? That doesn't make sense. They would never do that. Yeah, but what if he's... If if he infiltrates it, what if they don't know he's black? What if it literally is the Chappelle skit? What if everybody else is blind? Maybe. <laughs> Isn't the joke in that one that he's blind? Yeah. That Chappelle is blind? Yeah. Oh, man, I think... Uh, this, so John David Washington, who looks like a newcomer, he plays the detective, like the one who infiltrates it. Oh shit, he was a he was a football player, like a professional really? football like player. A professional? No way. That's wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. So he plays a detective. Looks like Adam Driver says he's playing Flip. So I think he might be a Klansman. Topher Grace. Topher Grace is play- might be playing a Klansman, too, so this could be great. Okay, so there's no way this isn't a comedy, right? I mean, it's Spike Lee. I don't know. I mean... He's very, like, like outspoken. Is he serious? I thought he was serious. Spike Lee? He is. I think this is a serious Honestly, movie. Honestly, I've never seen... I don't think I've ever seen one of his movies. I don't think I'm allowed to watch his movies. So he's got... He's made Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X... Uh, trying to find things yeah, I think you might have seen. He got Game, Summer of Sam. No. Uh, Inside. Have you seen Inside Man? I've, no, I've never. I think I might have watched some of it on TV, but I've never watched the whole thing before. Excellent. Excellent heist movie. Who's in that? Uh, Denzel and Clive Owen and other people. Yeah, that's who I thought. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a it's a straight up movie. It's a crime thriller, <laughs> is what it's listed as. So I don't know. I'm hyped about that. Yikes! Oh my awesome. god, that sounds awesome. All right. Well, this was fun. 
Uh, let's move on to something that I guess is now technically a tradition of the Reflex podcast. And that is that is a case where I go see a movie that I know is going to be awful, and it is awful, and then I try to convince you to see it with an added wrinkle of this time, trying to make you believe Dom Hall Gleason's in it, <laughs> to which you probably justifiably say, no, I'm not going to spend my time on that. And then I So here's the thing. I knew you. you were joking, but in our group text, I couldn't tell if if Josh just didn't know. I don't think I think that, he might he might think that it's a re- he's actually in the movie. I'm not sure, but regardless, because like I knew he wasn't in that movie. I've seen the trailer, and you don't have a movie with Donald Gleason in it and not put him in the trailer because he's hot right now. He is a he's a commodity. That's for sure. Did you see Pete? You saw Peter Rabbit, right? I saw the trailer for Peter oh, Rabbit. Oh right, right. I remember seeing the movie. That. <laughs> ah. The movie looks amazing. It's got black haired Donald Gleason in it. But I know we're we're gonna get to this eventually, but we need to we need to do a quick IMB, IMDb check on future Dom Hall projects. God, make big deals about it. I'm gonna go to the midnight release. Oh yeah. Oh, his only the only project he's attached to is the Little Stranger, with uh with from Lenny Abramson who made Room. This next movie. Oh, that might be good. Yeah. He also made Frank, which is a great movie that somebody's not watching. Yeah, Dom Hall Gleason and Will Poulter. Are the two main leads? Who's Will Poulter? I know that name. He was the young guy in The Revenant. Remember? Oh, the eyebrows. Eyebrows. Yeah, he's Jack Nicholson. <laughs> okay. Jack. Yeah. So that could I'm be in. good. That could be good. So, but today we're talking about the fifteen seventeen to Paris. Um. Well, yes, I am the movie then, with real heroes in it. Yeah, I'm gonna be running some things by you and setting up scenes and get your take on it because it this is. This is a special kind of movie in the sense that this might be, pound for pound, the worst made movie I think I've ever seen. Like, I hate Book of Henry. I hate so many movies. I hate uh, the Death of the Salesman thing. But they, I can say, are com- competently made. The fifteen seventeen to Paris is around the board awful in every aspect a movie could be bad. Like, there's, I can't think of anything good about it. Cody, I really can't. So not a single thing. Not even the fact that they used real heroes. See, that kind of I hate that because now these guys have to live with this movie. Like Clint kind of took yeah, advantage of him, probably because he didn't want to pay real actors. That'd be my guess, at least. And he's like, "Oh, why don't you guys act as yourselves?" And they're like, "Okay, we don't really know any better, but sure." Uh, but like, where do I say it's like Mr. Motown? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I get okay. I'll find one. Let me get the good positive thing out of the way. Is like one of the guys. Hold on now. Real question is: Does Jenna Fisher look good in it? No, I guess she's fine. No, she looks okay. She's kind of mom down, so no. She's very. She's like early seasons of The Office, Pam Beasley, a little bit. <laughs> um, but uh, so the one good thing I can say about this movie is that one of the guys, Alex Scarlatos. When he's not talking, he kind of has a movie star look to him. Like I don't, I can't, I don't know how to describe it other than the fact that like he's got a screen presence. I don't know if that's just because he's like jacked or whatever, but I kind of liked watching him. Um, but that's about it. So let's get into it, Cody. Uh, all right. I'm gonna start off with a trivia question for you. This not not so much a trivia question. It's just a 
using your using logic to, to discover an answer. So in the 1517 of Paris, this tells the story of three men who selflessly and bravely stop a terrorist with a machine gun from shooting up an entire train full of people. Okay. I'm going to get so how much of the movie centers on the actual incident? How many minutes? 10 minutes. I don't have the exact total, but you're in the ballpark, maybe a little maybe a couple minutes too high. So the trailer to me it made me it made it look like it's just like a um a lot of movies do this where they do here's my event, here's how I got here. Uh with flashbacks and stuff. Is that what we're looking at? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly... This movie is exactly what you think it's going to be. Uh, there's really nothing that different about it. It's just like, hey, here's us as kids, and then here's us as adults, and then here's this thing that happened to us. And I've I just seen so many more movies where that take a like a quick five-minute event, not even in the case of this, and turn it into... Uh, like a story and this just isn't a good it's not even a story it's just this is a sequence of events that kind of have nothing to do with each other and then how much of this do you think end. is just like propaganda I imagine it becomes real like uh... oh believe Cody we're going to get into propaganda don't you worry my friend so starting off the movie is a parent teacher conference with Jenna Fisher and uh, da, 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 what's her name Judy Greer, where they go to their teacher, uh, their kid's teacher, who says basically, hey, you know, these kids, your kids are, they can't pay attention in class, uh, you know, they staring out the window, they can't focus, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe we should put, maybe you guys should put them on medication for whatever, ADHD, ADD, pick, take your pick. The teacher is so intentionally written, like with their with like her head stuck up her ass, but like she's kind of <laughs> right. Even like just the way that she's describing these kids, even though the kids act nothing like this later on in the movie, but whatever. Um, and then Jenna Fisher and Judy Greer get all pissed off just because you know anybody teachers are awful. Apparently, Gordon Clooney's we are the worst. Yeah, uh, and Jenna Fisher gets all pissed off, and she's like, "How dare you insinuate that I can." That I put my son on drugs. And the woman's like, well, statistics show that kids who grow up in a single family house, which those kid, which two oh. of the kids did, uh, they're likely to develop behavioral problems. And Jenna Fisher turns to her and say, says, pointing to her, right at her, my God is bigger than your statistics. Whoa. My God is bigger than your statistics. Yeah. Wow. That Which, sounds awfully God's not dead esque. Uh, I mean, I don't. I haven't seen a pure flicks movie before. It sounds like that's exactly what it sounds like. You just I've said the premise s- to every single movie that they've ever made. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So then we finally get to see the kids, right? This the it's the two kids, uh, just uh, uh, Alex and uh, whatever his name is. He's the main character, and I literally can't. Spencer, Alex, and Spencer are the two main kids, and they have another friend, Anthony. Uh, and they're in private school or whatever. And the first time we see them, <laughs> they're by their lockers, and it's your typical like going to class scene where they got like they got they're in their lockers, they got their backpacks, and they're they're making an announcement over the school announcements that uh, 
<laughs> just like, all right, and now we have the results for the election of class president for the fourth grade. And one of the kids is like, all right, my all right, campaign manager. And, and they're like, oh yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna win or whatever. So they obviously lose, and then they're just kind of standing in the <laughs> hall talking for a bit. And all the other kids have gone to class, and a teacher comes down. He's like, hey guys, where's your hall pass? And he's like, we don't have one. We're, like we're not even that late. And <laughs> Uh, and the teacher just kind of gives him shit for like being out in the halls or whatever, and then said something to piss off Spencer, and he takes one of his posters and like rips it up in the teacher's face. One of the teacher's posters, so he destroys the teacher's property. No, no, like he destroys asshole? he destroys his campaign posters. Oh, because he lost. Yeah. Okay. And he was like mad about it for some reason. Like, well, I mean, he probably put a lot of time into it. The poor kid. No, the, well. But like he was like he really ripped it up in the teacher's face because the teacher made some snide remark about something or other. I don't know. But they get sent to the office. Um, it's probably about how he's a single parent and whatever. <sighs> Has like, a single parent. Something like that. So no, they go to the office yeah, and their god's not big enough. <laughs> yeah, and they they go see the principal. They get sent to the principal by this teacher. Um, and there's another kid coming out of the principal's office who is, uh is Anthony, who's the other their other friend who was involved in this thing. And Anthony is like the he's like the he's written to be like the smooth talking black kid, basically. And like he's telling the the principal like it's in the most cringy thing of like what Clinties would think a smooth talking kid sounds like of like say hello to your wife for me and crap like that. <laughs> And the principal's like, don't get involved with this kid. He's bad news. And they're like, okay. So then they get in trouble. Bad news. Yikes. Um, okay. And then the the little psychos, <laughs> uh, Anthony, the the black kid, and Spencer go back to Spencer's house and for like to hang out or whatever. And then they go in his room. And the room, his room is my favorite part of the movie because he's got twin beds for some reason. He's a, he's an only child. He's got a bedroom, but there's two separate beds. Okay. That like don't push together, or whatever. Uh, on the wall is a generic basketball poster. On the back of his door, there's a poster for Full Metal Jacket, and on his right. bed frame is an NRA sticker. Yikes! And then so he brings his friend over, and they pull out this like um, <laughs> they pull out this trunk that's full of airsoft guns you know the ones that look like the real thing except for the orange tip at the, the end The orange tip are these the kids that are gonna grow up to be the the heroes yeah yep these are the ones and oh, then the kid pulls out boy. another case and he's got a fully functioning sh- shotgun just in his room he just pulls it out and <laughs> he like pumps it a couple times and like shoots it like it, nothing's in it obviously it clicks this kid this He's just got a shotgun, and I know, like, you can't know when the, when you're releasing this movie that, like, a week later there's going to be a school shooting or whatever. But Yeah, that's just bad. That's I bad timing. I didn't know that, but just in the days since, I'm just like, oh, wow, that's such a bad it's look. It's just really in bad taste, and um, that NRA sticker probably doesn't look too great. Yeah, so the kids go to gym class, uh, and they get kicked out again <laughs> for doing – for saying a curse because they're in private school apparently, and one of these kids are like chubby, right? Yeah, one's yeah, one's chubby, and see the one Spencer. that wanted to be president. What? 
the the one who ran for class president. Is that oh him? yeah 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 yeah. He's the one who because ran. Because that's for class totally president. a chubby kid move. Oh totally totally. And he was like really upset about it. And by the way, the dialogue in this movie is horrible. Just overall, uh, I okay. I feel like that kind of goes without saying. Like the adults talk like children. The children talk like adults. Like they don't sound anything like what a kid is Real supposed to sound. Talk like. I'm not like. expecting this to be like Boyhood or It or something like that, but like there's it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's just so, I don't know. I, it's hard to explain. It just doesn't sound right to the ear at all. Like no kid ever talks like that, but whatever. I literally put in my notes. Nobody talks like that. And it could be for anything. Um, so the little psycho with a bunch of guns, uh, he and his friends are in gym class and they get kicked out of gym class, like sent to the office for swearing or something. Um, no, no, the, the black kid gets kicked out for swearing, and then the other two kids uh, are laughing at it, and they get sent out of gym class, so cool. Uh, and they get, <coughs> uh, they get to the office and with where they all get yelled at, and then shortly thereafter, the principal, and this is very strange, the principal like, brings his mom in, uh, brings both the kids' moms in, and like talks to them, and he basically tells the mom... I think he, I think Alex should go live with his dad. And oh no! Like, and she's like, "How dare you? Like, I'm not like. What do you? Who do you think you are to say that?" And I was like, "Yeah, you go, girl. Like, okay, this is a kind of heavy, heavy-handed, but maybe it's a touching story about these mothers, like, and their sons, like, dealing with the situation they've been dealt. Blah blah blah. But then the next scene, Cody. Oh no! Is Alex with his dad in a moving van? Moving to Oregon. So Alex is the chubby one. No, Spencer's the chubby one. Alex is his Spencer's friend. Spencer's chubby. Okay, yeah. hold on. Let me get a notebook. <laughs> I'll get. But the the real question is like the principal's making no like they the no principal is in any authority to tell somebody. Yeah, that they no have principal to can yeah like make that happen. And he can suggest it like he did, and it sounds like he did it kind of um. Yeah, and I like, mean, it might have been a little disrespectful, but it's not like he's exactly. not looking out for the kid. He's just and he's just, trying his best to uh, not uh, be a bad principal, trying to be a good person. So, let, let, okay, let me get my name, my main character's names down here. Okay, so we Spencer's got, Spencer's the chubby one. He's blonde. Spencer, say yeah, Spencer's chubby. Blonde, chubby. Uh, Alex is like his sidekick or whatever, uh, with brown hair, lives in Oregon, I guess. And then he's the one that moves. The what? Sidekick lives. He's the one that lives with his dad now. Yeah, he's the one who moved away. And then Anthony is uh, the black one. He's the black one who doesn't, who isn't in any military. He just is a guy. Wait, what's what's his name? Anthony. Anthony. Yes. And um, I'm allowed to uh, just be a little bit racist because I liked Black Panther. Okay. Um, we all are. <laughs> we all get a pass. We get one week. So let's not. Look. We're squeezing this episode in before it runs out, I guess. Yeah, uh, I guess. Um, but, like, basically, I don't care what you're writing, and I don't care what kind of writer you are, whether you're beginning, like a newbie, or if, like, if you're picking up the pen for the first time. There's every story and just about most things in life work in threes. And for storytelling especially, introduce the conflict, discuss the conflict, bring a resolution to the conflict. This movie is completely missing the discuss or elaborate on the com- conflict completely. And the reason I know that... Obviously because- sounds like it's 
missing a conflict. Well, I don't think there is. There's conflict here. There's a story here, but they just don't know what to do with it. And the entire second, their entire middle third of the movie is there's literally nothing going on. And we'll get, and we're going to get to that. But like, just this is the worst script I've seen ever, I've ever seen put to film. Like, it is just hold so on. Like, ever it really is it worse bad. than um, the Greatest Showman? Yeah, because they taught like at least in Greatest Showman, the dialogue. You know, it's it's silly dialogue, sure, but it kind of it exists in its world, and it doesn't sound, re- it, like in it, it doesn't sound that bad, and it's delivered fairly well. Like there, there's good actors in there. It's you know, this makes Greatest Showman look like Steve Jobs, <clears throat> Cody. This is so Yikes. laughably horrible. Um, but so we get to have them. We get to have them as kids, and the some of the worst child acting I've ever seen. Like I said, dialogue is awful. Eastwood. His direction is just bad. Like, there's nothing visually appealing about this. And I get that, like, later in his career, he's kind of not tried. And he's never really been this kind of a guy. But, like, his movies haven't had much visual splendor, sort of. But this uh-huh. this movie looks like it was white balanced. And then that's, like, it. Like, what was the last movie he made? Uh, Sully. Remember how drab that was? Yeah, that was a good movie, though. Yeah, it was, I thought it was kind of bad but it yeah but was... you also hate america so fair, fair 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 i keep forgetting about that um, um but yeah eastwood is just not a good director anymore like the guy's 87 and the, at this point it's as morbid as it is to say he's directing so he doesn't die basically like if he stops directing and if he stops working he's just gonna drop dead and i i hate to say that but it's just the truth that a lot of people do it when they get to a certain age. It's like, well, I've done this thing for 50 years, so I might as well keep doing it because there's not really much of a light at the end of the tunnel. So, Woof. But, I mean, maybe just try a little bit harder? I don't know. Uh, so, oh, there's also a fun scene that kind of <laughs> pushes the military indoctrination. So after the kids, after three, the three kids become friends, there's a scene of them... Uh, you know Urkel from Family Matters? Yeah. He's got a role as a history teacher, so. Really? Uh, God, what's it? Is that Jaleel White? You bet. Ding, he's ding, a, ding. Is he bad? Because he's a pretty good actor sometimes. In this, he's the best part of it, I would say, of all the performances. Is he really? I know. Urkel's the best part of your movie. How's that? How's that? Did you imagine? Jeez. Uh, but yeah, so he's the... <laughs> He's the teacher, and you're gonna love this. So at the end, once class is over, the three kids like stay after, and they're like, "Hey, do you have it?" And he's like, "Of course I do." And you know, he pulls out old World War II military plans. Okay. And, and but this is also complimenting a scene where, uh, as a kid, his mom remarks to him, "Like whenever you see anything about the military on TV, your eyes just light up," and like, you know. Well, I mean. I can't really blame him for being excited about that because that sounds really cool. Uh, it's just I would like to see old World War Two military plans. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just it. There's a Clint Eastwood has very much cemented himself as being like a, the crotchety old man with his pants up who loves America and hates anything new yeah. and thinks Obama was born in the, Kenya. Whatever. The empty chair guy. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's just, it's, 
I don't like movies that try to that are like feel like they're indoctrination almost. Like the, this movie now, is very. Did he did he direct uh, American Sniper? Yeah, I didn't see that. Thankfully, see, but that's I, we, here's the thing about American Sniper is that that's actually pretty anti-military. Really. By that, I mean it doesn't say that America's military sucks, but it does show that but, it's not that great, and it really fucked up Chris Kyle. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so, moving on. So, the the kid stuff, like, um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot, just, and I'm happy about that, uh, <laughs> because I don't want to remember this, but there is one scene, so... That I wanted to point attention to, uh, sort of later in the movie. So we flash forward to like present day, kind of sorta. And at this point, Alex has moved away, Anthony has moved away, and Spencer is like the only one left. That's the last time we see him. And okay. Quite literally, in the very next scene, Anthony and Spencer are living together. They like they have an apartment. So Anthony and Spencer, that is. When did they hook back up? I don't know. The la- literally like uh. one of the last scenes Anthony was in was him with them was them playing airsoft like shooting each other in the woods, bunch of little psychos, whatever. Uh, normal stuff. Well, normal kid stuff. Yeah, uh, is him saying, "Hey, so I'm leaving. I'm going to a different school. Like I'm going to public school so I can get a girlfriend." And like, there's a lot of jokes Yikes. like that about like you know like when you're with old like you ever been with an old people or even as, as a child yourself and somebody's like, "Oh, you're gonna go." Where's your girlfriend? When they say to like a nine year old and they get embarrassed. That's kind of what this yeah. movie is. It's just a really awkward old people trying to relate to the young people. <coughs> the things Clint Eastwood's view on what people are like is fascinating to me because it's just so off. They're Wrong. robots. They're not people. Wrong. All, all that good stuff. Um. <laughs> so, flash forward later. Alex is in school. Uh, somewhere, probably in Oregon, I guess. Uh, Spencer and Anthony are living together, and Spencer is working at Jamba Juice, right? Okay. Because apparently his life has gone nowhere, even though we don't really know why, but whatever. Um, so he's working at the Jamba Juice, and across the way, like in this plaza or whatever, there's a bunch of those like military like vans or like trailers that they pull up to like recruit people, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so this guy, he, he remarks to his co-worker about it, and she's like, oh, I don't know, I guess they got there earlier. And one of the guys at the at the installations comes in to get a Jamba Juice, and uh, he and Spencer start talking, and uh, Spencer starts kind of, like, grilling him about, like, oh, what do you what do? You do? And, like, what's, what's this, what's that? And they get to talking, and the, the military guy reveals that he's in this... Um, He's in this unit uh, called the oh, shit. I don't even can't remember. Like, I think they're. I'm pretty sure they're the kind of guys who like when somebody gets stranded at sea, they come in in a helicopter and they like rappel down and save you. Okay. I think. I, I mean, it's not really a big deal, and this screenplay is awful, so I'm surprised that much information sat with me. <laughs> to which, <laughs> to which Spencer says straight face to this guy. Saving people's lives is badass. <laughs> well, he's not wrong. Let's get let's get one thing let's get one thing clear before we go on. Not wrong. No, saving people's lives is badass. But I kept 
my first thought when I heard that line was, it's always sunny. <laughs> When, on Mac Day, when it's like suicide is badass. <laughs> I think that guy's gonna um, commit a suicide, which is badass. Yeah. Suicide is badass. Um, oh yeah. wow, um, that that line is quoted more often than it probably should be between me and my friends. <laughs> oh no, I think that's, per- that's whatever amount it is so is a perfect funny. amount. It's so funny. It's the best show. Um, so he says su- saving people's lives is badass, which, and he delivers it, like, this is older Spencer, so this is, like, the guy, and this is, like, his first scene, and he just says it in such a dopey, like, I don't know what I'm doing way, so saving people's lives is badass, like, trying to be earnest, and the guy's like, okay, sure, and then he's like, oh, your Jamba Juice is on <laughs> the house. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> and, Thank you for being a hero. Literally, Probably, he's like, right? oh, he's like, oh, don't worry about it, and this, and the guy's like, oh, cool, thanks, and he leaves, and his coworker's like, you know you have to pay for that, right? And Spencer is like, like facing, I don't he's, care. He's facing the window, and she's kind of like coming up next to him. And he does—he literally just turns his upper torso to her and says, <laughs> "He's like, I don't mind. He's a hero." And then he just turns his torso right back. Oh boy! And like, it's just the most awkward thing you've ever seen. Um, so then he go—he decides he wants to join the military, and he goes through. A training montage where he, you know, learns to be, or he, like, loses weight so he can qualify or whatever. Yada, yada, yada. He does a bunch of stuff. He becomes, he joins in the military, uh, and he sucks at it. That's the, uh, that's the Oh, so he's thing. bad. He's bad at the military. Yeah, and here's another quote from the movie that I want to, I, I'm, it'll sound, here's, I'll give you a warning. It's going to sound normal when you hear it, but just... Hold off like five seconds and think about it word by word a little bit and let me know what you think. From Spencer, quote, I just wanted to go to war and save lives. Okay. I think now think about it for a second. I just wanted to go to war to save lives. Is that what he said? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, who my. wrote that? How do you sit at your computer and write, I just wanted to go to war and save lives? I just wonder well, if he was reading this, he was just like, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Wow, how did he know? <laughs> these are my exact thoughts. And, like, these guys, they got They're much smarter <laughs> than this. I can tell. I've seen interviews with them. They're well-spoken. You know, they're, you know, they're simple people. There's nothing wrong with that. They're just, they like to do their stuff, and they're telling the story over and over again, but... Nobody is this dense. I'm sorry. Like, and if they are, yikes. I wanted to go to war and I save lives. I wanted Cody. to go to war, save lives. You know, normal things. I wanted to go to the gym and eat KFC. Like I want I, I wanted to I wanted to go swimming and drown. Like it just doesn't you can either swim or you can drown. You can't do whatever. It doesn't make can't sense. Can't do both. But whatever. So then we get uh, we get to the beginning of the Spencer sucks at everything montage where he wakes up late to get to a certain training thing. Uh, one of the things they have to do is um, they have to sew together this kit, like this bag, something or other. And that morning he okay. wakes up, he gets up late, and he we know he gets up late because he's asleep on the floor in his full uniform. And then his alarm goes off. He's like, "Oh shit, I'm late!" And he like gets all of his stuff and he runs to class 
there's no real explanation of why he's on the floor. But like, why not just put what him? What happened? It's just him being a bad. Like it's like his left foot, if I remember correctly, is like up on the bed because it's like a bunk bed or something like that. So his left foot is up on the bed, and he's just laying spread eagle on the ground in his <laughs> military pants and t-shirt. And he's like, "Oh, I'm late," and he runs into the um, he runs to class, and the the guy's like, "Wow, this sucks," and makes him do push-ups a bunch because he was late and he wasn't in his correct uniform, and just the guy is not good at what he does. So, then he decides to go on a vacation. Wait. I thought he wanted to go to war to save lives. He couldn't go to war to save lives because he sucked at being a soldier. So, he was so bad at soldiering that he just quit? He went to, like, this base. Like, it was... When you say, like, oh, well, American Sniper's a little anti-military, this one was, too. It was, like, kind of disrespectful and like i know that like not everybody in the military is like gi joe or anything and they're going to be some people who maybe this isn't cut out for but the some of the soldiers that we see him interact with are just morons or they're not doing anything like there's a scene where he skypes with alex who he's friends with now apparently there's no explanation of that relationship and alex is in the military too we'll get i'll get to him right. in just a minute um and they're like skyping and let's see yeah, so Alex is stationed in Afghanistan, right? And he literally right, says... So he's, he's good at soldiering. Well, he literally says to Spencer when they're planning this um, this trip, you know, he ba- he compares soldiers in Afghanistan to mall cops. Oh, yikes. He's like, we're basically mall cops, is for the most part what he said. Wow, that probably made people who actually went there feel good. Yeah, and I, mean, I mean, like, maybe that's commentary on the war, but... What commentary is it? <laughs> like that the war sucks? Okay, but then why is 99% of the rest of the movie war propaganda and like military propaganda? And like, uh, I don't I don't understand that. But, uh, so Alex, you know, uh, we'll get, let's, let's stop down on him for a second. So he's kind of got like a B story, sort of. Like we kind of see him do stuff, but we don't really understand any of it. And there's a scene where his mom drops him off to go to, I don't know if it's to go into the military or to go, I, th- I think it's to go to the military. And she says this thing to him. Uh, she says, quote, I've had this profound sense of fear about you going to war. God told me something exciting was going to happen. I can't wait to see what's in store. So think about that one more. Just like the last quote, think about that for a second. Okay, can you say it again? I've had this profound sense of fear about you going to war. Beat. And this is the same dialogue. This is like a, all this was said in succession. God told me something exciting was going to happen. I can't wait to see what's in store. Okay, this is Alex, right? This is the black guy. This is Alex. No, Alex is the, like. Oh, the the sidekick. The sidekick. And this is his mom speaking. So his mom is was she's, that um was that Jenna Fisher the same? Yeah, my God is. Yeah, that's my God is bigger. So than she's me, a fucking basically. she's a prophet is what you're telling me. She's an idiot. Oh what uh, had, what? Her quote is: "I've had this profound sense of fear about you going to war." Okay. Oh wait. Oh I, yeah, I forgot about the fear. So that one makes sense. But now I'm really excited for you to go because it's going to be cool. So something exciting doesn't necessarily mean good, you know. I guess you're so right. So I'm fearful. Like, Cody, I'm fearful about you getting in your car because God told me that something exciting is going to happen. I can't wait to see what it is. But, like, 
What's going to happen if I get in my car? Like, why are you afraid of it? And now you're hopeful. It doesn't make any sense. Can you tell me, please? Like, oh, boy. Like, wouldn't it, wouldn't, in, if you're fearful, wouldn't God telling you something exciting is going to happen make you more fearful? Yeah, probably. And I can't wait to see what's in store. Like, so if the exciting thing to happen to you is that you step on a landmine and your leg gets blown off, you're excited to see. You can't wait to see that, apparently. I don't know. Alex also he's in the movie, but there's no real use for him. Like there's a very there's an extended scene which was started off tense. So he's in this like uh one of those big trucks or whatever, and they're like driving around, you know, California, but we're supposed to believe it's Afghanistan, whatever. <laughs> and um they're like they're on their military stuff and his commanding officer is like, Hey, can you grab that thing? Don't know what it is, doesn't really matter. And he goes he like turns uh, to go look in the back of the car for his bag, right? And his bag's uh-huh. not there. And he's like, oh, shit, I think I left it at the village. And they're like, ah. So they turn around the whole, they turn all four or five, maybe well, three, four, five, something like that, cars around to go back to this village to go get the backpack back, right? So What, what do was you in think, the backpack? What do you think, ha- it was like a piece of equipment that they need, and like he needs his backpack for just, you know, you need your backpack, I guess. General militarying. Sure. So they go back, and what do you think happens when they go to get the backpack back? They're attacked. That's a close guess. They get the backpack and leave. What the fuck? Yeah. So they, nothing happens? Literally nothing, nothing happens. happens. Yikes, dude. And I was like, oh, when I when it started, I was exactly what you where you were just now. Like, oh, okay, so they go back, and maybe we get to see his heroic nature come to pass. Like maybe we get to see the, the flicker inside of him that says, I want to do the right thing and I can handle this or just to get an idea of what it's like to be a soldier. And they just get the backpack and leave. <laughs> There's no conflict there at all. It's just, yeah, sure. You can have this. I mean, the guy was holding it, but they just sort of took it from him and bailed. And that was the end of that. Yeah, boy. Okay. Uh, so they all de- so moving into the second act, I think now uh, they all decide to go on a vacation, right? Because apparently, okay, this is the vacation, right? The vacation. Apparently, military members they just leave for uh, three weeks and get you know go on vacation. I I'd buy it. I sh- I've... so going back to the Skype scene when they're making when they're making plans. Um, uh, Spencer is like on the he's on this computer in this military base, hanging out, talking to Alex on Skype. And in the background, there's these like I think they're extras, but they're military people. They got like the garb and stuff. But like three or four of them are like kind of not morbidly obese, but they're not. <laughs> they look very out of shape, and like that's you, like too out of shape to be military boys. Yeah, and they're just like kind of hanging around and playing ping pong. And like I get that. When you get in the military, you're not just going to immediately go over and you're fighting ISIS or whatever. But there was a lot of just people in the military just kind of hanging around and not really doing anything and, like, being bad at what they do. So like, <laughs> eh, what? I don't get it, but fine. Uh, what? I, <sighs> so they all decide to go on this trip, right? Okay. <laughs> oh, this is a great scene. Um. So they go on this trip, and Alex goes separately, and he meets this—he he meets up with this girl that he knows, this German girl that he randomly knows. There's—and if you're looking for an explanation, you're not going to get it. Um, All right, I figured. 
because he just shows up at I th- I'm pretty what I'm pretty sure is the same airport that his mom dropped him off at, but it's supposed to be Berlin. Okay. All right. So he go yeah. So he goes to this place with this girl, and she and him go to this this uh, bar, right? Yep, makes sense. Yeah, just going out, getting a drink at a bar, and they're like walking through, and the bar's like the bar's pretty full, so it's like a touristy kind of place. There, all the tables are taken up except one table in the very, very back. It's like I think it's probably near the bathroom, so it's not a great table. And uh, they like trying to find a place to sit, and she, she's like, "Where do you want to sit?" And he points to this empty table and be like, "If I know my grandpa, he would have sat there." Who's your grandpa? Who gives a shit? That's I don't know. They didn't say anything about it. So they like so keep in mind that the line is if I know my grandpa, he would have sat he there. Want, points at the only open table. And they so they sit down, the waitress comes over, they get uh, some beers, they're just sitting there and then he's like, "So by the, so 50 years ago when my grandfather was serving in World War II or whatever, he actually it was at this actual table that he got his he got promoted to sergeant." Uh, that's nice. But you do you see the, like, maybe if a good act, maybe if, like, an actor had delivered the, if I know my grandpa, he would have sat there line, it would have made sense. But, like, wait, so are you just guessing that this is where he sat, or do you actually know? Well, like, yeah, who's your grandpa, like? He's just this guy who was in the military, I guess. Why are you bringing this up right now? Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, I, I kind of get, like, if they're going on a date in the, her home country, like, oh, here's where I lived, and here's this place means a lot to me because. Like, that's that's nice, but throwing in the if I know my grandpa, he would have sat there. You just be like, don't. Just say hey. Or maybe do something kind of neat, maybe, and put somebody at the table, and, like, maybe he has a conversation with them or that something. Establish, establish that we should give a shit about your grandpa or that yeah. you give a shit about your grandpa. Like, that. that's so fucking weird. Like, yeah, but out of uh, nowhere, it's whatever. So, Anthony and Spencer they meet up already. They're they're in it. They get straight to Italy. Okay, and okay, literally the first Is Italy thing, where, where it happens. No, no, that's Paris. But we're, we're that getting, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> or it's like the French countryside. So they get there. The first thing they do. Well, the first thing they do is hug each other. Cute. The second thing they do is Anthony pulls out a selfie stick. And oh, yikes. Selfies. And what year does this take place? 2015, I think. 2014, maybe. Okay, so that checks out. Um, yeah. Oh, Jesus. So, they spend... Oh, he, you know, here's, what, here's how I can sum this movie up, Cody. Somebody asked me, hey, 1517 to Paris, should I go see it? The only thing I would say to them is there are more selfies than bullets and gunshots. Oh, boy, and really? Not even How like many selfies did they take? I'm not even exaggerating. Probably close but... to two dozen. Wow. And did the they entire, show them all? Yeah, the entire middle portion is them going around on a vacation and taking selfies. Like, And here's another Clint Eastwood, what the hell are you doing scene. They get to this. Um, they get to this hotel when when they first like right after the selfie. They go up to this hotel and they meet this girl and she's like, "Oh, here's some stuff to do," and like whatever. Um, and there's like a shot of them going up the stairs and him carrying a suitcase that lasts for maybe like twenty five to thirty seconds. 
and like it, it's not it's not anything bad about it. It's just why? Like, do you really need to f- stretch this out to feature length? <laughs> like, it's ninety four minutes, okay? But maybe you could write an actual movie that would fill it up a little bit instead oh, of just boy. this collection of scenes. But whatever, it's fine. So here's some quotes of them, of Anthony and Spencer in Europe on vacation. So they're in Italy. They walk around. Uh, <laughs> they're walking around like the historical part of Italy, which is kind of everywhere. But in Spencer, I believe, says a lot of old shit here. <laughs> then they take selfies for ten minutes, literally ten minutes. Uh, and by the way, they're in Italy, so what kind of music is there? Italian, French music. Got it. No. Wait. Yeah. Literally, fr- it's French music. Like I'm not. I I have some like world music on my Spotify, and like I immediately was like, oh, that's French, because it's like the Pixar kind of thing where it's got the like it's like the accordion or something like that. Yeah, I know exactly the type of music you're talking. Unmistakably French. And like I listened to Italian music. Like after the movie, I was like, ah, maybe they just maybe that is Italian music. And no, Italian music, generic music sounds completely different. But whatever. It's fine. Uh, yeah, so I they do. go to the Roman Colosseum, of course, and they do they they start quoting Gladiator, and like talking about like if they would survive or something. I couldn't pull a cringy, cringy quote, but it, they were in there. Uh, and then they Wait, get to no, the... but does that that's the scene? There's a scene in the <coughs> the trailer, I think. Um, is that the one who goes? You ever feel like you're? Uh, oh no, that yeah, that's something more. Yeah, that's in Venice. Uh, which, by the way, when they get to Venice, Anthony says, yo, this shit is unreal. <laughs> so then they go on a, so then they go on a boat ride to like a different part of Venice and, uh, they start taking selfies again. And <laughs> Spencer says to Anthony, I got to give it to you, man. This selfie stick is where it's at. Oh God. Uh, and then. Spencer wants to somebody to take a picture of him because that's all they do is take pictures. But they uh, have the selfie stick. He won't use this. He won't let him use the selfie stick because he's in a bad mood or something like that. So he uh, strikes up a conversation with this girl, and he's like, "Hey, would you mind taking a picture of me?" She's like, "Ah, oh, sure." Like she's alone on this gondola thing. She's visiting from California apparently, or Massachusetts, or something stupid. Um, so she takes a picture of him, and then they get to talking, and they're like, "Oh, you know." So they find the only other American and. Venice. I'm sure there's more, but because it's Venice, it's touristy. But they're like, hey, you want to go to this thing? And she's like, sure. So they kind of hang, the three of them go around Venice and they hang out. They go, they they literally go into a museum for 15 seconds. And here's the dialogue. I'm trying to remember the best I can. I'm probably making it, rewriting it a lot better than how it actually appears. But they get into this museum and there's like a bunch of horse statues. Anthony says, Uh. I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. And to where Spencer replies, oh, man, come on, that sucks, or something. And the girl's like, I don't know, I thought it was funny. And then they're like, want to get some food? Uh, And he's like, sure. Uh, You know, I'm tired. We should stop horsing around. And then they leave the museum. So you know that uh, when that guy goes, oh, man, come on, man. You know that that's just him reacting to the, the script. That was not. That was ad libbed. I hope so. I sure. It was just fifteen it seconds. Had of to be two horse jokes. Let's get food. Everything in this movie, by the way, is cringy. Like, there's no like even 
the hardest selling point for me is like these guys were supposed to believe that they're best friends and like friends forever bond that nobody can break and they have the most bullshit nothing conversations ever like it's like imagine if i told you if i said hey cody i'm gonna send you on a week's vacation with a friend of mine from college who i had an english class with like what would your conversations (laughs) be like and if this person is just kind of boring boy like and that they these guys didn't even feel like friends they just felt like they it was like worse than bad bad actors like they're supposed to be friends you're supposed to there's supposed to be some sort of spark in there to like okay i can see why these guys are friends and why the, by the time the movie ended i was like are these guys friends i can't really tell do they even like each other do i mean they? i don't know probably their fame from all this uh ended up killing yeah. their friendship I I think they're still friends. They did a, they did a talk show a couple days ago together, so maybe they are. Um, so they go to so Anthony and Spencer they go to get drinks with this girl at some you know restaurant or whatever, and they're hanging out, they're talking. Um, and then here's actually the best scene in the movie is that Spencer, uh, and the girl who who like had met obviously and they got to know each other. They had this really interesting conversation because she's like, you know what, I'm only here for the night. I gotta leave, and surprisingly there's some really good acting from spencer and they have this talk about like you know can i see you when we get back to the states and she's like you know i would like to but this like you know long distance blah 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 and it was actually kind of touching so i'll give the movie credit for that so do they end up boning no and by the way i'm kidding she disappears from the movie completely she's just gone She's in five Yikes. scenes, and then she disappears. She's just gone. Like, did she... I started, like, all right, my head cannon. She got, like, kidnapped, and then, like, they went after her, and then they just stopped caring because they wanted to take selfies, and then she died. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, so then they, they talk to Alex, and they're like, hey, let's meet in Germany, and that is where they have the... Right before that is where they have the... I don't know, man. Do you ever feel like life's pushing you in some direction, like some greater purpose? And so do you think he actually said that in no, real life? Absolutely. Because have you ever said anything so philosophical to one of your buddies? Oh, no. <laughs> speaking speaking of philosophical, uh, <laughs> they start talking about they later in the movie. They start discussing whether or not they're going to go to Paris. They're like, yeah, we could go to Paris or we could do this or we could do that. And Spencer's like, I don't know, man, I have a good feeling about Paris. You know, an object in motion unless blah, blah, blah. by another thing stays in motion. And Anthony's like, okay, Isaac Newton. And Alex is like, oh, you got a little deep there, bro. It's like, really? What? Quoting the most that's famous. Not, that's not a deep poll. Everybody knows Except that. The most famous rule of physics you could possibly find. That's deep? That's a, what? But there was one fun scene, Cody. I will I will say this, and this I, I actually viscerally enjoyed. So they leave Venice, and they go to Germany, and they go on a biking trip thing <clears> to, like, see the sights and, like, a tour. <laughs> and they're just like biking around or whatever and like you can see their tour guides in front and they're in the back and there's like maybe 10 or so people and the, the guy stops and he's like okay so we've reached the tour guide he's like okay we've reached a really cool part uh this is where adolf hitler killed himself <laughs> and they're like yikes and they're like what and they actually speak up they're like wait wasn't he didn't he commit suicide like over there with uh when the when america was like closing in on him and <laughs> 
He's like, no, that's a common misconception. You Americans can't take credit every time evil is defeated. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it was actually the Russians, and he just schooled these guys, and they're like, oh, okay. The oh, scene... was he really? Did they did they really say it was actually the Russians? They, because I was. He said it was the Russians, and they thought I, th- I think they thought it was America who was like closing okay. in. Because I was going to say Clint Eastwood check your fucking shit, but it looks like he did. I guess. Uh... Whoever wrote the movie, I don't know who wrote this movie. Oh, the the writer of the movie, which her name is Dorothy Blyskall. It's a pretty cool name. Yeah, not a bad name. Uh, just let's take a look at her IMDb, IMDb real quick. Born in 1982 in Brooklyn. Okay. Previous writing this credits. Movie. That's entertainment. TV series. Pilot. Oh, that's weird. Okay, maybe she got a first script picked up. Cool. Mis- Miscellaneous crew. Let's check this out. Uh, Sully. Live by Night, Fist Fight, Logan, War Machine, in the House. Oh, so she's like a producer who's... Oh, she was a production assistant and a production secretary. Oh. Yikes. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> the hell? I don't know. Like, I'm not... like. I, I think everybody that works on a movie set, like... Not not everybody, but a lot of people that work on a movie set probably think like, "Oh, I'm gonna be on this movie set, and I'm gonna then I'm gonna sell my script to a producer. I'm gonna be a writer or something or a director." And it's like, I think you picked the wrong person off of those sets, Clint. Like, I don't know if this lady ha- if she has what it's <laughs> what it takes. I don't think any. She's got it. Does she yeah. have pizzazz? She doesn't have or it. Star power or uh, spunk or I'm whatever. Gonna go, I'm gonna say no. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, they decide to go to Germany and they go on this little tour. And then the next thing we see them, the next time we see any of the guys, they're in Amsterdam at a club. Getting high. And Alex is randomly there. Thought they were meeting in Germany. They were, but now they're in Amsterdam, Cody. Oh. Come on. They're heroes. Okay. These guys are heroes. They're real heroes. (laughs) They're heroes. So... Spencer basically says, you know, I don't th- he's like they decide if they want to stay in Amsterdam or go to Paris and they like they have this weird conversation with this guy in a bar who tells them about Paris and I don't know. But people hate that scene. I thought it was the least offensive, but whatever. Um so he at, Spencer's logic for going to Paris is basically like, "Oh, we have the tickets and nothing's really stopping us." So, you know, if nothing's stopping us, we should just go. And they're like, "Okay, cool." Uh so they get on the train and they're sitting in, like, the back, and this is, like, a tiny thing. We're like, hey, you guys want to move to first class? And they're like, sure. And they just go to first class. Like, I don't know if Little do they know it saved their lives. I don't know. Maybe. You, like, you can't go. Well, I think it saved other people's lives. But like, I don't think you can get just go to first class because you feel like it. Whatever. Um, here's also Screenwriting 101. Uh, part of the conversation of them going to first class is because they want snacks. Right? Perfectly reasonable. Snacks All right. in first class. Whatever. When they get to first class, Cody, have a guess as to what they don't do. Get snacks. Yep, but they do get they do get food and the off and the memed. Uh, look at the tiny soda, Spencer. Dude, yeah, but I saw up. the that. But did that get memed? <laughs> oh, it got memed hard. Before the movie came out, nobody'd seen it. All the letterbox reviews were variations of that. <laughs> Boy. So throughout the movie, we get like a couple moments of like this guy saying. I have to go to the bathroom, but this guy's been in there a long time. So eventually, oh no, eventually you know who that the guy ter- is. He's the terrorist. Eventually, the terrorist shows up, and 
his gun malfunctions like three different times. He's like he's a really bad terrorist. Like he shoots one guy, but that's it. And they just sort of they take him down pretty easily. Like you know that shot in the trailer when Spencer's like where he's charging just running towards the guy? to him, right? Yeah, as he's charging towards him, the guy like shoots his gun. Would have taken Spencer's head off, but it like jams or something like that. And the gun jammed. Him. Oh my god! And there's just a scene of them of like the terrorists, and they're just all wailing on him and just punching him in the face and kicking him. It's it's unintentionally comedic instead of inspiring, which is exactly what you want. Um, Could you imagine just how different the story would be? Yeah, we were uh, we were under attack, and just all of a sudden we got this guy ran right towards this terrace and got his head blown off. It was disgusting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, this so the fi- the scene that where people came to this movie to see, if, whether they want to admit it or not, is the terrorist attack, and it happens yeah. in five seconds. Nothing happens, really. Like, they, one guy gets shot. Okay, fine. He makes it. And Spencer's, you know, a good guy, and he helps him out and all that. But, yeah, nothing happens, and it just sort of ends. The terrorists, they bind him, and he gets arrested. And then uh, there's another weird moment where Alex is, like, after the guy's been taken down, he just starts carrying the rifle around. Like, not, like, I don't know how you carry a rifle around, not in, like, a threatening way, but he was, he was doing it in the most threatening way you could. Like, he's holding it. The way like you would pointing it at people, to, not pointing at people, but he's just kind of got it held in his in his hands, and he's just walking through. It's like, is everybody okay? And they're just cowering in fear, like ah. It's like maybe don't do that. He's one too. Also, you can leave the rifle; like it's not going anywhere. This dude's knocked out. Like Spencer choked him out, basically. I think he's dead. Oh, they didn't kill the terrorist. No, I don't think so. At least no, he's alive. Yeah, Yikes. he's alive. Um, and then yeah, so they save everybody, and the police come, and they. Go home. And I'm not just... a hero, ma'am. They, Does they... he say that? Does he ever say that? I can't remember, but I think he might might have. But they so they go and they get their medals from the French president. Uh, I think it was Sarkozy at that time, and it kind of cuts between footage of them actually, like actual camera, like news footage of them getting their awards and getting recognition and a recreation of that. And it's just as bad as you think it is. Like, the actors don't look right. The guys don't even look right. Their hair isn't right. Spencer's got a black eye that he doesn't have in the movie, but he does in the oh, footage. No. And then it just ends. And then it's the 1517 to Paris. The movie's over? And then the movie just ends. Yep. But and what does Jenna Fisher mom do? She, she and Judy Greer are at the ceremony, and they clap and look, you know, lovingly. Do they look old? No. Nope, not at all. So they, have, didn't, they don't change in the 20 nope. years? Their kids have aged by 10 to 15 years, and they're just like, it literally, probably in their same clothes. If I went back and looked, they'd most likely be in the same clothes, same hair. Yikes, that would be funny. At least have the decency to, like, spray some gray into their hair and, like, put it in a different thing or maybe add, like, some wrinkles, some extra wrinkles or put them in old mom clothes. I don't know. The point, the thing I took away from this movie, the reason why I hate it so much, and I just want to make perfectly clear that I hold nothing against the actual guys. They did save so many lives, and it's just, it'd be insane if they hadn't done what they did. Like, there would literally be a train full of dead people, because there's nowhere they can go. It's like, you can go to the front of the train, the back of the train, and, you know, even if they tried to go up against the guy, a bunch of people would have died. So they prevented a tragedy. Uh, The guy who actually got shot in it 
played himself in the movie getting shot, so he's fine. So, you know, all's well that ends well. Yikes. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ, Clint. Like, come on. Yeah, all the people That's who are the on the That's the worst day of that guy's life. Yeah. Like, and, I, I think he, I think it's a little bit cruel to, like, cast yeah, That's kind of icky to me. Like, yeah. I'm kind of... I'm not okay with this. Yeah. It doesn't... I don't know. Uh, but the thing I took away from this is, like, why was this movie made? These guys really aren't shown to be heroes. They're not written... Maybe in real life they're interesting people, but in this movie they're just kind of written as dumbasses. <laughs> and the like, the members of the military, the military is kind of besmirched by it because like a lot of the people who are in it that we see just either aren't in shape or are bad at it or are stupid, like going to get a backpack. And Clint like put the minimal effort into this movie. Why stop? If he want, like I said earlier, if he wants to make movies till he dies, fine. But put a put some sort of effort. Try into a little it. bit. Try a little bit. Put some thought into it, and don't. I mean, granted, I saw this movie, I didn't have to. But for the people who go to this movie wanting to be inspired by a true life story, don't waste their goddamn time, because this could be a powerful, inspiring, moving story. Not those are not the movies I really like, but some people they do, and you're just kind of. You're putting these guys through way more than they need to, to just to make yourself feel good that you got the actual heroes and that you stood up for America or whatever. Like, just don't make this movie. Don't. Wouldn't it be funny if they got the actual terrorist to play the terrorist? I was hoping. I was like, that would be great. How funny. How awesome would that be? Like, thirty million was spent on this movie. I don't know where the hell it went. Maybe probably just for like <laughs> bringing the crew to Ven- Venice and Italy to shoot the freaking thing because. I don't, I don't know. Went Cody. all to Clint Eastwood. I don't know, Cody. Ran out of that dirty herring money. Yeah, but like I said, this is the worst movie I've ever, I think I've ever seen, just in terms of skill on display. Like I criticized Sully when we talked about it for being for resembling a student film at times. Oh God, that movie looks so much better. And <laughs> now that I've seen this, Book of Henry looks much better. Valerian looks better. Greatest Showman looks better. This is just trash. And I just... Woof. And I hate to... It's not even... I can't even revel in the fact that this is so terrible. Like, because of these three guys. That they have to be reminded that this exists. And, you know, the only the, the only account of their heroism is this slap-together crap of, you know, shit in the pans of a movie. It's too bad. Um, I hope... I hope every I hope they all their dreams come true in their future endeavors and everything they want to accomplish they accomplish because this is just it's just trash. It's absolutely trash. So, I hope you enjoyed that, Cody. That was fun for me. <laughs> Didn't sound that fun for you, but I appreciate that you would do this. <laughs> I always uh, love doing this. So, I wanted to do one. I wanted to do one for the greatest showman. That one's but, harder because uh, it's not so much of like this stupid moment, that stupid moment. It's just like, oh wow, this is not put together well. But this had a lot of like Book of Henry. This had a lot of moments of I can <laughs> me getting to set you up and say, what would a normal person do? What would a normal competent filmmaker do? And now, what did Colin Trevorrow do? Like that's and part of that is like, what did Clint Eastwood do? That's kind of part of the Ugh. fun. So uh, we'll leave it off on one final quote of My God is bigger than your statistics. My God is bigger than your statistics. Bada bing. True art. Bada boom.
Alright, that'll do it for us. 1517 to Paris. A. Don't uh, see it. Yeah, don't. Just don't. Or do, or do buy somebody a ticket as a prank and tell them it's awesome. It's, I don't know. You, you can be creative. Uh, Try to convince people that Donald Gleason is in it. Yeah, that, that'll work. It usually works. Usually. Not today, though. Um, so, next we'll be talking about Annihilation. So psyched about that. Uh, Yikes, that comes out soon. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I've seen it tomorrow. I'm psyched. Uh, but until next time, you can follow us at underscore RealFlix on Twitter. And be sure to leave an iTunes review. And until next time, please, we'll talk to you later. We'll Cody. start reading them, I swear to God. Maybe. When, when, Apple, cha- when Apple changes their app, then I'll consider it. But <laughs> Cody, take it easy. Goodbye.